What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, September 9th, 2013. You guys listening to episode 126, and I have pretty much the blueprint of what the Verzi Effect Podcast Show is. I will have a movie review for you. I will be talking NFL Week 1, amazing games happened, and uh, amazing performances, I should say, especially by um, uh, a few quarterbacks that just absolutely killed it and you know, totally impressed, so I want to talk about that. I'm obviously going to talk about my Giants and what happened with them on Week 1 in Dallas last night. Uh, got a movie review of uh, The World's End, which I, I got to see out in Baltimore. I will talk about performing out in Baltimore at Magoobies. I was out there with Matt Arise, drove out there for the weekend, and uh, worked on some new material. Got an unacceptable and all that good stuff. So uh, sit back, relax, and um, get ready, everybody, for another episode of The Verzi Effect. And uh, thanks for the comments. Keep them coming. But first, I have to obviously plug... My awesome sponsor, Butterfly Radio. I actually just left a um, Butterfly Radio thing talking about NFL Week 1. Wanted to find out uh, what you guys thought of it, so get me back on Butterfly Radio. But the Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app today on your iPhone. It's a completely free app, and it allows you to listen to all your favorite podcasts for free and send up to a five-minute audio message uh, to your favorite podcast, and they can get back to you personally. It's awesome, and you can listen to full episodes of your favorite podcasts on there, like Mark Marins, Jim Florentines, Joe Matarese. Um, there's there's the Opie and Anthony podcast is on there. Um, the Artie Lang Show, I believe, the Artie Lang Show podcast is on there. So just a ton. Jay Moore's um, More Stories is on there, uh, along with, of course, the Verzi Effect. And let's be honest, that's the one you're going to go to, but. Uh, please download the free Butterfly Radio app on your phone today to listen to the podcast and to send up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcast. Also, you can register on ButterflyRadio.com to start your own podcast or multiple podcasts. So check it out today, ButterflyRadio.com, and download the free app. Okay, everybody. Now, uh, oh, I, I first wanted to tell uh, talk about this. I was going to talk about going out to Baltimore, which I've never performed before. Uh, it's weird. It's one of those, you know, East Coast cities really close to me, um, you know, right down 95. And for some reason or another, I've never got to perform there. And, um, you know, it was always some kind of scheduling conflict or whatever. And uh, I'll get into I'll get into that. But but first, um, the day before. Yeah, I believe it was the day before I performed at I opened up for uh, Robert Kelly Opened up for Bobby Kelly at the New York Institute of Technology in Long Island. And it was me um, and a funny up-and-coming uh, comedian, Christian Ramirez, hosted the show. And then um, I middled the show and Bobby closed out the show. And it was at this school, which apparently is the only college in the world where I'm telling you... Now, there, there, was, a, there was a small room and the place wasn't packed, but... Every student in there didn't drink. There were a couple of female students in there that had never had one drink. So I'm on stage, and there's like Asian and Indian, and I mean, I guess like it was like a nerd fest. I'm not gonna lie. And listen, if you were out there and you're listening to this, I appreciate you coming to the show. We had a great time, and you were awesome crowd, awesome comedy crowd. But like, it, and you wouldn't expect that from like these like 
I don't know. It was just like at first they seemed real tight, and if you got like a little dirty, they were they were kind of freaked out. Um, Bobby Kelly was saying shit, just freaking out these Asian girls. It was so fucking funny to like listen to him talk about some shit or sexual shit or whatever, and then their heads would go down. Me, I was talking about some stuff like that too, and they were just like they didn't even know what to do. But there was literally people going like I was like, so who drinks? Anybody here drink? Nobody said anything. And then there was this one girl, and she's like, I never had a drink in my life. And I was like, what? And I was thinking back to when I went to college or even when I, I mean, I, maybe I'm just a fucking loser, but like I started drinking. I mean, I think kids start drinking in their, you know, either their parents' liquor cabinet or their friend's liquor cabinet at a really young age, like I, like teens. And I'm thinking these, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids have definitely had a drink or like they're a college to drink or no, they didn't, they didn't seem to drink. They didn't seem to smoke weed. And I was like, you guys are killing me. I had some drinking material I wanted to do. You know, you go to a college, that's what you want to do. Talk about drinking, hanging out, partying. And none of them did any of it. And you know what? There's something really cool about that. And like they got all kind of tense or tight when any comedian would talk about sex or anything. And then afterwards, I was like, you know something? I wish my daughter went to this school. Because at least she'd be concentrating on education and, you know... I hope one day my daughter is in the crowd looking up in shock at a comedian that's talking about drinking and, and sexual stuff. I, I, could, I would only be so lucky if that happened. But anyway, thanks to everybody who came out to that show. Uh, there were some really, a bunch of them were a lot of freshmen, but really, um, really cool, cool and, and, and a great time. So uh, I appreciate the support and um, hope you're listening to this podcast here. Tell a friend too. So now after this, I go down to... Um, Magoobies, Magoobies Comedy Club in, uh, how do you say the town? It's like literally right on the border of Baltimore. It's uh, Timonium. Yeah, Timonium. Matt was saying it sounded like some chemical or some like bad drug. Timonium, Maryland, which is like in a suburb, like right outside of Baltimore. And um, it was cool. Like the first night, Friday night, I think there was like other stuff going on in town. So the crowds were kind of light. But okay, but Saturday, um, awesome crowds. The second show Saturday was packed, and it's one of those comedy clubs where you go, um, like it it layers up. So it seats like three hundred and fifty or something like that. But it like layers up and high, almost like a like a little theater. And the second show Saturday was, you know, it was like up on a, up a couple of tiers, and the crowd was amazing. And I was doing new material, and I was doing crowd work, and just had a great time. Um, I, I had a great, great time, such a fun show. And then Matt Arise came on stage and he murdered and, and he, he was great time. And, um, the host, this guy, uh, this guy, I loved this guy, this guy, uh, Stavros, this little fucking stocky Greek, maybe cause he's Greek. I love, but he's the host. And I guess he won like comedian of the year for that comedy club last year. And he's just a really like honest for a four, four year guy, three or four year guy is going to be really good. Doesn't really do hacky shit. Just talks about his life and stuff. He took me to this Greek restaurant. So, uh, if you're listening, buddy, uh, had a great time with you and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. He, and then he knew that I liked cigars. So he's like, Hey man, like Matt Arise was teaching some comedy class out there. And, uh, he, Stavros called me up and he was like, hey man, you want to go see a movie? And, you know, cause I like to go to the movies on the road. So I'm like, yeah. And he was like, oh, I know you like cigars. There's a cigar shop down there. So I went downtown in Baltimore and I got a cigar before the movie, which was awesome. And then we bought them for after the show Saturday and it was great. 
Um, I normally wouldn't say that on here because my wife doesn't like me smoking uh, cigars that much. She doesn't care, but like I kind of told her I'm not doing it that much. And, you know, fuck that. I'm a grown man. I was smoking cigars. What am I gonna fucking... That's what I was doing. Smoking cigars and um, hanging out. Shows were great. The um, It was cool because we were staying at the Sheridan. And it was the first time I ever had this happen. But we're on the top floor of the Sheridan, which is, I believe is like the 12th floor. And they do this thing where they have a like preferred guest lounge on the 12th floor. So you use your room card. Anybody on the 12th floor can use their room card. And you just go in, and it's open 24 hours. So you can go in there with your own six-pack at night. They got flat-screen TVs. You could eat. You can play cards. But up until 9 o'clock, they actually serve food. There's like cheese and crackers and something like hot, like whether it be wings or whether it would be like, you know, jalapeno poppers or, or mud sticks or whatever. So Matarisa and I would do that before. It was just really cool. It was really cool little little. Th- little option that I never had in a hotel before. So we enjoyed that. Um, like the prima donna assholes that we are. <laughs> no, but it was really it was really cool. Um and then something else happened which I can't mention on here uh in that room. But uh a little stupid drunk cheese scavenger hunt in the middle of the night. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> if Matarice and uh Stavros is listening, I'm sure they're laughing. But anyway so had a great time out there. Thanks, everybody, for the kind words. And um, I will be, uh, because of that weekend, going out there working on stuff with Joe. It looks like I will be out there headlining, um, hopefully within the year. So I will let you guys know about that, and you could come out to the show. Um, I was kind of shitty to the crowd a couple of times because I just felt like some of the crowds were dumb, especially on Friday. And it's funny because Matt Arise and the other comedian were in the back and I'm, I'm looking at the crowd and, you know, the host was funny and, and, and the crowd would like, you know, it's like anything that was funny, they would like chuckle at things that normally kill. They were just barely laughing at. And you could tell it was just a shitty tight crowd. And I got on stage and I, I said to him, I go, listen, you guys are a shitty crowd. You're a shitty comedy crowd. I'm just telling you that right now. And Matt Arise was laughing. He goes, how do you tell a crowd that within 10 seconds of being on stage? <laughs> I just went for it. I was just like, this is what it is. Fuck you people. You know, I'm going to have a good time regardless if you do. And um, I don't know. Maybe that's probably not the best thing to do. But I had, a, I had a good time anyway. And I was happy to get the work in. So uh, check out and support Magoobie's Comedy Club down there in Timonium, Maryland. All right. What else do we want to talk about here? Got some shit here that I wrote down. My son my son said something to me really funny tonight, and I'm, I keep thinking about it. And I said, you know something? That's funny enough, or that's a good enough story to, to tell on the podcast, I think. Because it was really, it was, om- it was almost like he took me by such surprise. Because like like sometimes you don't know if someone's joking, but then you realize when they're four years old, they really like aren't. So I like to tickle my son sometimes, you know, I tickle him and, you know, he starts screaming. I play with him, you know, I throw him around the room and stuff with tickling him on the bed and stuff. And he goes like this tonight. He goes, daddy, daddy, I really don't want you tickling me anymore. Okay. And I start laughing and I was like, I like tickling you. And he goes, no, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. He goes, if you tickle me one more time, okay, I'm not going to hang out with you or talk to you ever again. And at first I started laughing, thinking it would be like something a friend would joke to you about. But then I'm realizing, wait a minute, he's a four-year-old little boy. He can't be joking. So he just looks at me and he points and he goes, got it? And he goes, no, 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 promise me you're not going to do it. Got it? And I was just like, what? And I go, 
you know, I go, listen, buddy, I can't promise that because I can't. He wanted me to promise I would never tickle him again forever, and I, I can't. I couldn't promise him that. So I had to let him know that forever really meant forever and that, like, I, there was going to be a time where I would tickle him. And we kind of came to this agreement that if I tickle him, it could be lighter. You know, I could tickle him a little lighter to not hurt him. But just the way he was like, I'm never hanging out with you again, and I'm never talking to you again. Got it? And he was just like fucking like a general. I was like, holy shit, man, this kid's a leader. I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome, but it was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. It was just, I was just like, holy shit, this kid's going for it. Um, I'm drinking one of these uh, Arnold Palmers. And like one sip, I like them and the other, I don't. I don't know. You know that half uh, fucking, what did they say in that movie? The other guy, they kept calling him Arnie Palmies. <laughs> that was hilarious. But it's kind of, I don't know if it's too sweet or not. But anyway, all right, here's what I want. Here's the first thing I want to talk about. Going to get, don't because I got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. NFL, I'm going to talk about the movie The World's End and all that stuff. And, you know, I had a great time seeing that. But there's definitely some things that I have to say about that. Oh, I got a, I got, I got a great unacceptable. As a matter of fact, the unacceptable I'll do will kind of piggyback right off of what I want to talk about now. But here, on a serious note, but it's not too serious. But I was just thinking about this. I was talking about this in uh, Baltimore and you know, with, with the guys off stage, and, and I wanted to bring it up on the show. Now, this whole thing was going to war with Syria. This is my problem, okay? This has always been my problem with um, with presidents or certain presidents or just things in politics. This, this is my problem, okay? First of all, I, before I did the show on Friday, before I did my, I think it was my first show on Friday in Baltimore, um... I, CNN was on or whatever in the hotel room, and I saw that picture of, like, those people that were gassed and dead, and I got to tell you, I mean, this that was so fucking disturbing to see eight-year-old kids laying there looking like they're sleeping, but they're dead because their own people gassed them, and I'm just watching it, and it really fucked me up for a second, you know, I'm, I'm about to you know, try to go make people laugh. And listen, I'm a professional. I can do it. I remember one time, though, in South Carolina, I, I saw the movie Million Dollar Baby, and I had a show f- like 20 minutes after it ended. I remember I figured out the time of the movie, and I was like, all right, if I get out of the movie now, I'll just run up the highway. I'll be to the comedy club in 10 minutes. I can do it. And it was Million Dollar Baby, and I walked out of the movie going, like, like life sucks. Is It's pointless. It was the most depressing thing, and then I had to go make people laugh. And you do it. You're a professional. You get up. You do it. You know, you get into your mode, and you have a good time. But seeing these people laying there dead, you know, and, and it really, like, having kids, you're like, oh, my God, this, you know. I got to make these fucking morons in Baltimore laugh. And <laughs> no, but I, it was just it was just kind of really like hit me and I wouldn't have hit me that way um, had I not had children, you know, but I do. And just seeing that was really really um disturbing and difficult as a parent. And then I'm thinking and I'm like I just don't like you know, and I'm not going to sit here and bash Obama, but the, the, what he's doing right now is just you can't do what he's doing, and what what he's doing is really fucking, you know, bitchy bullshit. And um, somebody said too, they were like, "Yeah, he's tiptoeing." And it was actually an Obama supporter said, "Yeah, what he's doing is he's trying. He's tiptoeing. You don't selectively do airstrikes and find little areas. You don't fucking do that. You do it or you don't. You attack or you don't." And he put himself in a situation where, when he says that, now time's going by and we look weak 
And it's just stupid. Like, we're the United States. Either fucking shit or get off the pot, but don't open your mouth and say, oh, selective, this and that. War is never selective when people's lives are in danger. It's not, you know, you can't pick pick and choose. You can't do that. But I do like what he's saying that, like, I do like that, like, the, I, I do like his threats. His threats are like, dude, here's the deal. If you don't do this, we're coming in. And I love the word he said. And it, it, it's because it's, it's such my personality because I'm a, a spiteful asshole. But he was just like, listen, we're going to we're going to come with a punishing strike. Like we're going to really fucking lash out at you hard if you don't, you know, stop this. But the problem is like you can't really pick and choose when you do that. And, and I know they're trying to vote on it, but he did some shit, which was gangster today. And um, and the only reason why I saw it is because I took my two kids to McDonald's. Now, before you judge me and call me a bad parent, first of all, McDonald's is the healthiest fast food place out there, fuckers, okay? It is. If you look at them, there's a list of fast food places that are the healthiest. McDonald's is one of them. I get either the grilled chicken wrap with the salad in it, or I get the, the, the Southwest salad, which is not bad with the Paul Newman dressing. Okay, so before you judge, my kids have nuggets, never fries. They substitute the fries with the apples, Okay, and they got those fresh apples. They're good apples. You saw that commercial where they get the McDonald's apples from. And yes, I am trying to justify taking my children to McDonald's because had this been five, ten years ago, I, I you know I should be arrested for taking my kid to McDonald's. But I did my research. You know, they had their milk, their apple juice, their apples, and some nuggets. I know the nuggets aren't great, but these nuggets are white meat. They're better than they were when I was a kid growing up. When I was a kid growing up, it was probably fucking turtle meat. <laughs> it was probably some disgusting shit. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, and they redid this McDonald's in Westchester. So it's really nice. It's actually nice to sit down and eat. They had a flat-screen TV in front of me in this booth. I felt like I was at a bar. It was unbelievable. And they only had, they only had like, this political show on. And then Wolf Blitzer um, was sitting down, and he interviewed Obama in the White House today or whatever. I think it was today. And he's talking to him. And Wolf Blitzer goes, all right, Mr. President, I want you to look into my camera and I want you to directly talk to the president of Syria right now and tell him what your demands are and what you want to do. And I'm looking and I'm going, oh, my God, like, is Obama really going to just fucking take this this old shitty journalist? I can't stand for you people. that I can't stand fucking Wolf Blitzer. I cannot stand his voice, his face. And he did something that really bothered me and pissed me off because he showed his he showed his hand once, which I hate. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But so Wolf Blitzer is sitting down with the president of the United States. And he's going, okay, Mr. President, I want you to look into the camera. I want you to talk to the president of Syria right now and tell him exactly what your demands are and exactly what must happen in order for the U.S. to not strike or what, what it'll, you know, or the U.S. is going to strike. And Obama just smirked at him and he goes, well, well, look, I don't have to look into your camera. And I fucking loved it because that's exactly, I don't, listen, I don't have to look at your camera. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do, old man, on your fucking shitty show. You're not going to tell me. He goes, look, it's very clear what I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't really do impressions, all that. It wasn't fucking too bad, but um, he's like, but you know, it's not clear. I'm sure he's watching and going to see this. And he knows I've made it very clear. But just the way he said that, so unacceptable for the week is this fucking little snake wolf blitzer. This fucking white bearded asshole looking dick asking the president of the United States, the president of the United States let this guy and his crew in the White House, in his home to interview him. 
And this guy's got the nerve to go, all right, Mr. President, what I want you to do is look in the camera and give him direction to look into a camera like he's some fuck. I, I loved that Obama did that. Wolf Blitzer, unacceptable, trying to give a demand just for your stupid show. And the way Obama was like, look, I don't have to look into the camera. That was just, ex it's like exactly, that really made me, I'm not even kidding, that right there made me go, all right, this guy's got, like, this guy's definitely, you know. And for as much as, as much as people have, whether you like Obama or not, the one thing that I I have to give this guy credit is when it comes to military shit, I mean, he's been gangster, straight up. He got he got Osama bin Laden. He's not afraid. He's done more airstrikes, I believe, than Bush did. He's fucking. He's ready to go into Syria. I just don't like how he's handling it. Where he, because this is the thing. He's trying to pander the people that don't like war, but he knows what he needs to do, and he sees it. You know, because when a Republican does it, it's oh my God, yeah, they're war crazy nut jobs and and this and that, and they're gonna kill innocent people and they don't care and blah blah blah. But you know, when he, you know, so he knows that's gonna happen, but he knows he needs to do it, and that's why I think you know, I, maybe, but it seems like to me he's, he's tiptoeing around it. But uh, it sounds like we're gonna go in, and um, I gotta tell you, I totally understand people saying it's not our business, but when I saw the pictures of those kids laying there dead, man, next to their parents or whatever, I was just like, you know what, if that shit's going on. Let's just fucking lace them up, man. You know? Let's just go in there and fucking... I know this sounds really stupid, but there's never not going to be a problem with the Middle East. And it almost it almost feels like every five years, just make an X on one of the countries that we're going to have an issue with. You know, Iran, Iraq, this one, Saudi, fucking... It's just, it's, it's just always something. Now, you know, now it's Syria. It's, it's always something out there. It is, you know... It's never fucking Canada. It's never, you know, it's never... It doesn't, it's never really, you know... It doesn't seem like it's really Europe. You know, it's just always fucking... It's always some Middle Eastern fucking people gassing each other and stuff. And it's, it's fucking enough. I wonder if I was president, if I would fucking be a good one or not. Because part of me thinks I would either be fucking incredible or the other part of me thinks that I would go down in history as the absolute worst president ever. But I would commit to either one. I would commit to either one. I would either be like, fucking, let's just go and like, I'm going to make really bad decisions right now and I don't care what Congress says or I would fucking, or I would be really, or I'd be really good. I'd be one or the other. I wouldn't be one of those media. I, I couldn't be, it's just my personality. I couldn't be a medium one. Like I couldn't be one that just kind of passes through the radar. Oh yeah, his four years or his eight years were okay. And then no, I'd have to be like, oh my God, remember him? But you got to be more decisive. That is the one thing. Okay, and I'm a registered independent, but the one thing that Republicans have always had on Democrats is Republicans, whether it's right or wrong, even if they're dead wrong, they are fucking steadfast in their decision and they go. And that is a quality of a leader. It really is. You know, you got to fucking, you make a decision and you go with it and that's it. You can't be like, well, we're going to try to do this. We're going to try to do that. Not when it comes to war and dropping fucking bombs. There's no rules. You know, you either go or you don't. So, but it looks like we're going to go. And, and I really hope that, um, you know, this guy complies to what we want to do because, you know, you don't gas your own people. Fucking animals. But anyway, unacceptable for the week. 
Wolf Blitzer's face and question to Obama is just absolutely unacceptable to tell the president. Can you look in our camera? It's it's so fu- Oh, here's another thing I don't like about, about Wolf Blitzer, but that's unacceptable for the week. When Sarah Palin first spoke at the Republican convention, the first time anybody heard of her and saw her, and she like killed it, knocked it out of the park to the point where and it was before she obviously fucked up afterwards and she went out and she talked like an idiot and it was every time she opened her mouth it was silly but the night she came out at that and she just did the speech the fucking fear the democrats had but especially wolf blitzer wolf blitzer's face was like trembling and he was so shaky and scared and i was just like you know something you're a fucking reporter who takes this shit way too seriously and you're actually scared and acting like an asshole and you take you yourself and your stupid show so seriously so unacceptable looking at that guy in the looking at obama saying look in my camera like the president's gonna go yeah okay fucking little white-haired man with a tv show yeah that's what i'm gonna do i'm the fucking president of the united states you asshole wake up how great would it have been if obama just looked at him and goes wolf do you really are you really telling me what to do on your show you really telling me to look into your camera on your show really why don't you get up and pick that wire and stupid microphone up behind you and get the fuck out of here before I have a Secret Service agent put a bullet in your ear? Fucking asshole. All right. That's that. What else do we got to talk about? I saw a movie, everybody. I saw a movie. I saw The World's End in Baltimore. And I don't know if you guys saw this movie. For you people that don't know who did The World's End, it's the same people that did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Um, both really funny, entertaining movies, and I was excited to see this. Went to Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 90%. I'm usually not big on movie critics, you know, or sites and stuff, but I feel like Rotten Tomatoes gets it right kind of kind of a lot, or, or, or I would say I would, I'd give Rotten Tomatoes like 65% of the time they're right, so I'll always check Rotten Tomatoes out, and um, this was 90%. We were going to see... Now, when comedians go to the movies, they got to be selective. And I'm sure the, the, the comics listening to this know what I'm talking about, where, you know, a couple comics go into the movies. You don't want to see something too heavy, you know, unless it's a movie that's like an Oscar movie and you just like, this may be the only time you could see it. But it's a good, like, it's good for, it's good to see something kind of just like laid back, funny, comical, entertaining to kill some time. Because we were thinking about doing Blue Jasmine. Uh, Woody Allen's movie with um, Andrew Dice Clay, who I heard murdered it. We were thinking about seeing that. We were thinking about seeing uh, In a World, that voiceover movie. Um, but then, you know, World's End, the guys that did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, probably be fun, quick two hours. So we said, let's go and do that. We go into this movie, okay, me and Stavros. Stave! Uh, we go into this movie and psyched because the first, fuck the opening of it, he tells a story. I'll give a quick, uh, I could give you the gist of it. Well, I could give you kind of the, the, the point of it without telling you the crazy in, the craziness that ensues after this, but I could tell you the gist of the, of the, of the story, okay? Basically, these, uh, what was it, five friends. Is it five friends or four friends? One, two, three. I think it's, fuck, who was it? It was that guy, that guy. They get five friends. Okay, it's five friends, and they do like this. They do the Golden Mile or something, where it's a it's a twelve in their hometown when they were teenagers. It's a um, it's a twelve bar pub crawl, 
and they got to go and drink a pint in each of the each of the bars and then the last one is the the pub called the world's end and they want to do that and um so he opens up by telling this hilarious story about they get to this one they get to that one and then all kinds of stuff happens and and they don't finish they don't finish it and a lot of funny shit is said and 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 then boom the the credits i mean then the movie starts like then you see the world end and we're laughing so hard we're like oh my god for a cold open like that this is going to be the shit this is going to be amazing i almost leaned over and i said don't do it it might be too you know premature but i almost leaned over and said i already love it this is going to be awesome and then the first half hour, 40 minutes, he, he, the point is he wants to round up the gang again and go back to their hometown and do that golden mile again and finish and finish the last pint at the world's end. But, you know, they, they all got jobs or they're married or they're responsible and he's kind of like the fuck up and he's talking them into all doing it and getting that feeling back of when they were got, you know, kids and long story short, he gets them all to do it and they go back home and then it just, you know, and then all this stuff happens. First half hour, 40 minutes of this movie, I'm thinking, holy shit, this is going to be the comedy of the year. Great, funny, intelligent writing, so funny. And then once again, just my opinion, gets so... Now listen, through the whole movie, entertaining. The whole movie, you'll be in it. You'll be you'll want to see what happens. But gets over the top silly. You know, over the top could never happen. And I know what you're saying. Of course it could never happen. Isn't it like an apocalyptic? Yes, but you'll know what I mean when you see it. It just gets so ridiculous towards the end and certain things happen. You're just like, come on. But it is like an over the top comedy. So if you take it that way, it's great. Like I could see somebody leaving going, that was fucking great. That was amazing. People were clapping in the theater. But then I could see people going, oh my God, like the first... And, and if you've listened to my podcast, and this is probably, you know, I mean, I have one way of looking at movies. Um, well, I have a couple of ways, but my, my formula for what I like, you guys, if you listen to the Verzi Effect and you've listened to me, you know, critique and review movies, you know that I have a certain thing that I, I like and what I don't like. And what I don't like is when things are going really good and then it just gets so insane. And I would almost rather go in knowing from opening it's going to be nuts, but the way this started, it was going to be like an amazing comedy. And then it turned into a really funny comedy that got like crazy sci-fi weird nuts. That's the way I'll describe it. Did it entertain me? Yes. Um, was it worth the money? I would have to say yes, because the first 40 was so good that I, I, I laughed enough in the first 40 that I got my money's worth. But story-wise, I thought it could have been, I, I thought it was a good movie which started off great and could have been phenomenal, but then leveled off at like good or okay. But the more I thought of it later, the more I thought the ending was just really fucking stupid. So that's my uh, honest critique on it. But um, those guys did a great job to, to like getting you into it. I could promise you that. That that was cool, man. Um, so, and I guess this next one, I'm waiting on the um, waiting on this Hugh Jackman missing kids thing, which is going to be fucking horrifying. Waiting on that. All right. Let's get into it, everybody. It's happened. It's probably still going on right now because it's Monday. Chargers and Texans are finishing up or playing right now. Uh, NFL Week 1 
if I had that music that the radio stations have, you know what I mean? You like that that fucking ESPN thing. Week one, what can I say? I was driving home from Baltimore. I couldn't watch the beginning. I did catch the last half of the one o'clock games. And I saw the Jets pull out that miracle because that guy on the Buccaneers late hit to the quarterback, which put them in field goal range, and the Jets won that one by uh, a couple of points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable end. But, you know, I was kind of glad to see uh, Geno Smith do do all right. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he does okay. You know, you never know. I'm not a Jet fan. I don't think they're going to do anything this year, but whatever. That was fine. Um, San Francisco 49ers, holy shit, that game against the Packers was insane. That was a heavyweight bout back and forth. Aaron Rodgers, Kaepernick, two good defenses. Clay Matthews just hitting the shit out of uh, Kaepernick, and those teams were fighting and jawing at each other. Man, that was a heavyweight battle, and um, I got to tell you, I saw Colin Kaepernick stand in the pocket and not run and lace balls all over the fucking field, and he looked awesome. I'm telling you right now, barring any injury, man, the San Francisco 49ers are are the team to beat. They are just fucking above and beyond. They got the running game with Frank Gore. They got Anquan Bolden, 13 catches, 208 yards, and I believe two touchdowns. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was just one of the most ridiculous receiver um, uh, performances I've ever seen. And, and Kaepernick, even when he could run, he stayed, and it was like pass first, pass first. The guy was awesome. The guy was absolutely awesome, and um, that that game was sick. That game was sick, and, you know, again, that was why I picked him. I, I changed it from the from the Falcons, who lost to the to the Saints, but I uh, I changed it to last minute to, to the 49ers because when a great team stays intact or even improves to get better, that's it. That's the name of the game. So, um, you know, and then I got to, of course, I got to, of course, talk about the uh, the Giants. Oh, my God. What a fuck. It, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, listen, it's the first game, and who knows if they're going to be good. I don't care that much. And then you're laying there on the couch, and you're just watching. And, of course, you get more into it than you want it, right? Everybody does that. You're, you're sitting there, you're like, yeah, whatever, man, it's week one, you know, I got kids and shit, I got, you know, I got a career right now, I'm trying to, I don't really give a fuck, you know, whatever, see what, and then all of a sudden, like, the first pass, and you're like, come on, guys, and you're just, <laughs> you just, go, <laughs> he just gets so into it, it's crazy, but, I mean, first play of the game, Eli Manning throws an interception uh, to DeMarcus Ware, and, you, you know, what they they and then we held them six turnovers the Giants had and we lost the game by five but I'll tell you this if the Giants figure out that running game and their offensive line could just get a little more in shape which does happen if you notice all these guys these you know these fat fucking these guys are monsters they're all getting cramps week one you know it takes until about week three or four to really be in game condition especially since it's still hot out and stuff so um, I think the Giants, clearly the Giants' offensive line was a weakness. Um, and, you know, because Eli was getting sacked a lot and stuff. But, man, when he has protection, we were throwing the ball all over the place. And he was just, I mean, we were scoring all the time. So to lose a game 36-31 and you have six turnovers and three interceptions and one I think was a pick six, to only lose by five, you know, you're doing something right. But because uh, the defense didn't give up. 
36 points. The, the, the offense gave up a lot of those points, too. But um, I think if the Giants could get their shit together at running back and, you know, not have these young guys fumble the ball, um, they got a really good offense. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, tough. I said it, and I don't want to be like one of those dude I called it, but I, I texted some people before the game. I said, you know, I said it this week. I said, I just got a bad feeling about the Giants. You know, we've never lost in the Cowboys building. We were 4-0 in their new building. And, you know, the Cowboys seem to, you know, do all right in the off season and kind of, I don't know. I mean, Romo, of course, did nothing. He got bailed out because of awful turnovers on our part. But um, I'm worried because I will be going to Broncos – my week next week is insane. Listen to my week next week. Okay, this is what I'm doing. And uh, and I'm excited about it. And uh, I got some really good shit for you guys, man. Any of you fans, I got some good shit coming up. But um, So next week, um, I am... I mean, I was going to do this in the plugs at the end, but I'll just tell you guys football-wise because we're talking football. I am going out to El Paso, Texas, and I'll be performing in El Paso, Texas, at the Abraham Chavez Theater with Burr. And then we were doing the Leela Cockrell Theater in San Antonio on uh, Friday. So, yes, Thursday's El Paso, Friday, San Antonio. I'm opening for Bill Burr. Uh, and then Saturday, we're going to Texas A&M, Alabama, at College Station in Texas. Okay, see Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, play Alabama. They beat them last year. Going to see that shit. Then I fly home Sunday, and I'm going to see the Giants at home against the Broncos with Pete Davidson, Dan Soder, and Michael Shea. So us four are going to be at the stadium. So it's going to be an insane weekend of football and comedy for me this week, which I'm really excited about. Um, It's going to be awesome getting in front of people. And I got to tell you, there's nothing better than getting in front of massive people and doing new shit and having it work. I'm really excited and, um, you know, getting closer to this first album taping. I'm going to be taping this first album really soon. I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of options here on where to do it, but you got to be selective and right with with where I do it because uh, I want to do two shows um, in one weekend or one night and I got to pick the right place, but I will definitely let you guys know about that, but. Um, it's going to be a crazy weekend of football. Johnny Football versus Alabama, defending champs, and then Manning Bowl in New York. I'm afraid the Giants could go 0-2 because everybody saw what the what the Broncos did, which, oh, yeah, I called. People were saying, no, you just pick, everybody's picking that. And I didn't even know the spread, but I picked it against the spread. I loved the 10 points. People said by the by the game's kickoff it was only 7 points, but I would have taken the Broncos at 10 points. Broncos, and I'm telling you, I mean, you could never be sure in the NFL, but, I mean, Broncos and 49ers going to the bowl, man. I think so. Seven touchdowns he threw. And, I mean, how much does he love Welker? He's going to Welker every... You know, these guys going to Welker like... It, yeah, I mean... So, yeah, who else? The um, Oh, this is something that infuriates me, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but the kicking off bullshit is awful. The way they kick off closer so it always goes out of the end zone the first time. What kind of bullshit is that? It's like you're taking the fun away from the game. So the only time you got a chance for a guy to really, you know, unless the, the kicker, which these guys are professionals, they rarely kick it short. So it's always in the middle or back of the end zone, and the guy takes a knee, which absolutely sucks. 
Because of the NFL used to always have like a week one fucking first touch of the game. A guy takes it to the house. Like that's in fucking, that's, that's awesome. That's important. And instead now it's backed up so they can never do it. So the only way that you could see a, a touch, a, a, a kick get, you know, run back is just by a, just by a regular, like a, if a, a punt, really a punt when a team, you know, goes three and out and then they punt, then there's a chance. Other than that on kickoffs and shit, it's, it just goes out of the end zone. It's bullshit. It's an aspect of the game that they actually took away. It's horseshit. I, it, it's so frustrating to see. You're watching a game and you're like, yeah, well, eight times out of ten. Eight times out of ten, it goes out of the end zone. So what, 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 did, what did they do? It's the NFL getting together, trying to do too much shit, and they made a bad decision and they took an aspect of the game away. It fucking sucks. It does. It sucks. Watch the games next week and you count how many times, count how many times it goes out of the end zone and they kneel down. And that's a play that you were deprived of as a viewer. It's, it's just, it's, it's so stupid. I hate it. One of my least favorite things about the NFL. Oh, by the way, speaking of the NFL, I'm really psyched because I'm going to the Super Bowl this year in New York and Bruno Mars is playing at halftime. I love Bruno Mars. I was going to take my wife to see him. A bunch of us were going to go. Bruno Mars is the man. If somebody made, uh, who said this? Somebody, uh, I think it was Burr. I think it was Burr I was talking to, and I was like, we were talking about how bad and stupid the VMAs were. I didn't watch them, but just like the highlights. And he said, yeah, he goes, the only fucking guy that just stood there and didn't do something crazy and sang the song was Bruno Mars. Just stood there, sang his song, it was great, and that's it. Did like what a real artist does. Instead of these people coming out in square hats and fucking meat sausage uh, dresses. It's fucking ridiculous, man. But anyway, um, yeah, Miley Cyrus showing her fucking... Showing her fucking unlegal ass with her dumb tongue out. It's just ridiculous. It's just fucking stupid. Um, but <laughs> ah, man. In a good mood, everybody. No, I'm in a, I'm in a really good mood. But the Bruno Mars thing, halftime, he's going to kill it. He's going to kill it. Because he's got two great, he's got, basically, he's got two albums. Both are really good. Like, his highlight, it's, he's like a perfect performer for the Super Bowl because the amount of time the Super Bowl is, you, they probably do, what, like, eight songs. They probably do, like, eight songs, and it'll be all his best eight songs, and then, you know, people will come out and shit. It's going to be good. So And at Giant Stadium. So I'm excited for it. Um, but NFL is back, man. It's so cool to lay down and just watch football on Monday and Sunday and Thursday nights um, when I'm not, you know, when I'm not working, I get a chance to do that. So, um, some really good quarterbacks, you know, uh, Wallace, Kaepernick, RG3 didn't look so good. Eli looks amazing. I mean, even though Eli threw those picks, a couple of them I'm not even going to give him shit for. Threw four touchdowns and threw for over 400 yards. When you throw four touchdowns and over 400 yards, you know, you may have a couple of turnovers. A couple of those turnovers are with the, with the running back's fault. But, um, I mean, that guy's fucking awesome. Eli Manning is just unbelievable. In the, he's the best in the fourth quarter I've ever seen. He's great. And the opposite of Tony Ono. What else? That yeah, the Eagles looked fast on offense. It's um I said I think the the NFC East. I've probably bored the women listening to my podcast. I know a lot of the women I know I have a lot of I don't know if I have a lot of women listeners, but I know that I have enough 
that I made like 10 of them leave just now. Going, all right, he's talking about the NFL way too much. I get it. Can he go back to fucking Wolf Blitzer's face? <laughs> uh, you know, though, I got to say, I got to say, I'm in a good place right now. I had a really good, you know, um, um, I've noticed this. I've noticed this about comedy and um, real life stuff, and it helps. When you have, when you're like, I guess when you're in a good place mentally or like you're peaceful or or like you, and I think it's because where I moved, I think that like when things are, when your mind is is at peace or when you're not going so nuts and you could get away from what you do in your in your job you're better at your job you know like i feel like instead of just constantly be like oh, i got to do this i got to do that or i got to write i got to write when you're not doing that i feel like then the material and the writing comes or then the other things come it's just like you're you not you're not dwelling on something because you, sometimes we dr- we dwell on things that we can't control we can't hand we can't control it at that moment but we think we can but if you just step away from it and you don't dwell on it like everything is easier and gets better and you're thinking clearer and um I've just really come to realize that like I really, really don't fucking care if I bomb or what people think anymore and that's just changed everything. You know, it's just so fun and free to just do what you want, say what you want and really truly not give a fuck and you grow that way. You know, and and this is the time, like I wish, I wish I would have known because I could have got to this level maybe a couple years ago where I was like carefree level wise and and like I was telling... um a young comedian down in Baltimore, I said, you got to understand something that I wish somebody in comedy told me years ago, but now is your time to bomb. And a lot of people like, see, and, and, and I, maybe I'm a hypocrite by saying that because if I would have bombed and had that pain early, I might not have been able to, you know, I just, you want to kill and prove to yourself you can do it. So maybe, listen, your first year, you don't want to bomb every time. You want to be as good as the first year, guys. I always say that, but I feel like if somebody would have came up to me when I was like two, three years in and went, look, you're going to have bad nights and you're going to bomb and it's going to go shitty, but that's the time to experiment now. You know, do it now. Like if you do something, just go out there, you know, and I didn't. I played it safe. I played it safe, I think, a little bit, you know, and, and I definitely did. I played it safe, and, and I wanted to just make sure I killed everywhere. But it's like if somebody would have came up to me, like, now's your time to bomb. If you're two, three years into comedy and you have ideas, just get them out there. Say it on stage. Who cares what happens? I mean, I did it a little, but I didn't do it enough. And, um, you know, David Foster, who uh, who's a comedian, very funny comedian in New York City, he'll be a guest on here one time, but he wrote a blog, and one of his blogs was like, stop thinking about your career every time you're not doing it, or when you're, and it's just like the truest thing, you know, it, it, it things are better when you don't, when you, when you just kind of are free and just have a good time, and you, you know what I mean, so that's what I'm doing right now, and um, I just, I feel, you know, I feel good about it, I feel good, like I went out to Baltimore, and I just, I just fucking did like four new jokes and, and took some chances and, you know, just had fun and was as real and as honest as I could, I could be. And, um, it worked, it worked. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy with it and I'm, I'm ready to, uh, 
I'm ready to take it to the next level every, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm ready to really, um, you know, really want to get this shit done, so, plus I need to start selling a fucking, I need to start selling my CD, that's what I need to do, I gotta do something for the Verzi effect listeners when I do that though, I gotta do something, maybe we'll tie in something, Butterfly Radio, Verzi effect, do a little deal, little online deal, ship the disc out to your house. How does that sound, everybody? Pretty good? You're damn right it's good. All right, so what do we got? What do we got here? Um, I want to go on vacation. I'm trying to think of a good place to go on vacation. I want to go on vacation with my wife without her knowing. You know, I want to, like, I want to do something pretty cool. I just don't know. So hard to do because um, I just don't know. Like, oh, thank you. Anyway, people were talking about dogs. I know that I'm looking to plan to get a dog. I have a lot of big plans, everybody. I want to get a dog and I want to go on vacation. Here's the problem my plans don't make sense because who's going to fucking watch the dog when I go on vacation? I have two kids. I have unrealistic plans and goals, everybody. Okay, I want to go to Hawaii with my wife for two weeks, but I'm going to have some big fucking bull mastiff sitting in my house un- <laughs> unwatched. You know, I got two kids. I'm going to have to dump them to my mother's. My mother's going to, you know, see a dog here. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't get a bull mastiff. I'm, I'm just saying. I got all these things, but I want to do them. And I think I'm leaning towards a Bernese mountain dog. I just, I mean, if you guys know anything about the Bernese mountain dog, I heard that they shed, like, seasonally, like, but I don't know. Let me know if there's a good dog with kids in a family that's a guard dog that doesn't shed that much but won't run around like a fucking lunatic when you come home. Because that's what I don't want. I was really thinking about getting a boxer dog, but a boxer dog, when you go home, a boxer dog just fucking, do you feel like they're going to explode? They just buck around like nut jobs. I can't have that. But I think we decided to hold off until a couple of months. And I just want to go away. I want to go away on vacation. And I don't know where to go. And I don't know who's going to watch my kids. Because I feel bad asking... Anybody out there do that? Like, we feel bad asking the grandparents or asking your parents to watch the kids? I kind of tiptoe around it. I pull, like, an Obama on going into Syria around, you know, asking my uh, my mom. To, I always call, like, hey, mom, what's going on? Oh, good. No, we're doing good. What are you doing up there today? Yeah? Anything? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I was maybe driving around up in your area. I actually said that to my own mother once. <laughs> I actually said, I said to my own mother, I live 40 minutes away, and I was afraid to ask her if she wanted to help me out with the kids one day. So I go, yeah, I think we might just be driving around up in your area. Like, I got my kids. I packed my kids in the car to drive 40 minutes to drive around my mother's neighborhood and not stop there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm driving around up here. Just wanted to know maybe if you wanted to see the loves of your life. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I tiptoe around it. I'm always like, yeah, you know, so I was wondering, you know, um, not long, maybe just like an hour or two. I just got to go run and do something. You want to, you know, hang with the kids real quick? Or, you know, we could all go to lunch. Always got to throw something to like include them. So, you don't. no, I love, I love, I love hanging. And my mom and them are so cool and easy with the kids. It's just... You know, the, the 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 vacation's the tough one. The vacation's definitely the tough one. Um, but let's get into some plugs here, everybody. 
Let's get into some plugs. I'm going to leave you guys wanting more. Maybe get out of here before 60 minutes. All right. Here we go. And again, please, please download the Butterfly Radio app on your iPhone to listen to podcasts, full-length podcasts, and send up to five-minute audio messages. Do that. Do that and tell me you did it. And again, if you guys go to Butterfly Radio and you register, you download Butterfly Radio, okay, and you leave a Butterfly Radio message to me as a new Butterfly Radio listener, I will hook you up with tickets to see me where I'm performing in, in a city near you. That is a good deal. So all you got to do, very simple, if you want to see a comedy show and it's in your area and I'm in your area, all you got to do is get uh, an iPhone and, well, that's kind of a big thing to do. Like if I'm telling you to go buy an iPhone, no, get your iPhone if you have an iPhone. Actually, you should have an iPhone anyway, but get an iPhone, get get your iPhone and download the free app, Butterfly Radio, and go to the Verzi Effect and send me a message saying that, hey, I heard your thing on there, and I'm here, and I, you know, I'm on Butterfly now, and I see you're coming to my town. Hook me up, and I will hook you up, okay? And you regulars out there who listen and go on there, I will hook you guys up when I am coming out to you, so make sure you get on Butterfly and ask me about that, and I will be able to do that for you as well. Now, let's get into some plugs here. I got... Um, I got some really cool things coming up. Uh, oh, I'm getting a phone call from my buddy Chris Lamberth right now. Hold on one second. I will not waste your time too long. Chris Lamberth, I got you live on my podcast right now. I'm at minute. I'm at minute 53 with the listeners. I'm at minute 53 with the listeners listening. I'm going into my plugs now. And I told him that Chris Lamberth was calling and I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to get rid of you, finish this, and call you right back. How about that? That's fine, man. Are you going to be up? Because I tried calling you. I know you did. That's like a douche. Yeah. Out, so well, no, but, dude, you've, you've got a 1986 phone still because it keeps getting the busy signal. I don't know what's up with your phone, but I'll call you back. If I get the busy signal, I'll text you. All right, man. All right later. Okay, everybody, sorry about that, but I don't know why. My friend Chris Lamberth, literally, you call him and it does. you get a busy signal like you're, like you're living at home and it's 1988. Okay, this week, El Paso, Texas, San Antonio with Bill Burr, and then I got those football games going on. It's going to be awesome. Then, after that, um, September, I am doing a bunch of shows in the city, and some just got added today, so check out the paulverzi.com, but every show is on there except one at Stand Up New York, which I'm going to add. Also, October 22nd to the 26th, I will be headlining Carolina Comedy Club at Broadway at the Beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's one of the biggest tourist attractions um, down there. Please come out to those shows. I will be down there with my buddy Jason Lawhead. It's going to be fucking epic it's gonna be um cigar smoking golf playing beach going joke telling epicness okay movie theaters during the day with air conditioning because it's myrtle fucking beach in october actually it might not be that bad but it's still gonna be cold but i mean it's still gonna be hot go see those shows okay when me and lawhead get together it's nuts uh october 22nd to the 26th Carolina Comedy Club, I will be headlining. And please um, don't forget, um, 
I know a lot of the tickets are going for the Bill Burr show that I'm opening on the Beacon Theater in New York on November 8th, but I'll also be opening for Bill at Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. That is where Eddie Murphy taped Delirious. It's amazing. And then the Tower Theater in Philadelphia on the 9th. So please get tickets for those shows and other shows on um, my website, uh, paulverzi.com. You could check those out. And there are um, a lot of dates in New York City. I got a lot of, um, I'll give you guys some of the dates and I will be able to, uh, you know, just give you a couple here, but you could obviously go to the thing, but I got a cool, there's a cool thing on the phone where when you hit the, my website on the mobile gives you an option to just hit each page and gives you a thing, but here we go. Okay, so um, I will be doing a... I'll be doing an autism fundraiser in North Bergen, New Jersey. Um, more information, you'll be able to get more information um, on the website online. It's uh, September 21st. September 24th, I'll be at Stand Up New York. September 26th, I'll be at Stand Up New York. September 28th, I will be at The Stand. Um, and September 30th, I will be at Stand Up New York. And... Um, that's what we got right now. So I will be ton of, ton of shows in the city and then um, all the other shows which I just mentioned. But um, check me out, Headline, and we're gonna, I'm going to be preparing my first hour. A lot of my material that I'm going to be doing down on Myrtle Beach is going to be um, on my debut comedy album. So check those out. Please download Butterfly. I mean, please uh, yeah, download the Butterfly Radio app. Go follow me at Twitter, at paulverzi.com. Remember my picks for the NFL. I was right last week. I'm not going to do many picks right now, but I'll say this real quick. I, shit. I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I don't think the Broncos are going to stomp the Giants, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants go 0-2. I think it's going to be a close game in the end where maybe the Giants can pull it out in the end, and it would be one of those like last-second type deals or like late fourth-quarter things, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos win. I know that sounds like a bitch prediction, and you know, and I can't really predict it right now, but um, I got I don't have the best feeling for the Giants, but I am going to the game, and I hope they pull it off. I really do. Okay, that much, that much I can tell you. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Let's see if we go into a war with uh, Syria. What else? Let's do a little quick review like I like to do. Wolf Blitzer's a dick. Magoobies down there in Baltimore wasn't bad. The students at the New York Institute of Technology don't drink or do anything like that. I want my daughter to go there. And uh, the world's end. Good first half of the movie. Got too silly for me later. That's it, everybody. That's the show. 58 minutes in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. At Paul Verzi on Twitter. Get me on Facebook. And uh, please leave your comments on um, on iTunes if you like the Verzi Effect. Tell your friends about the Verzi Effect. I was going to... This is what I think I'm going to do, everybody, with guests. I live an hour out of the city. And it's, sometimes it's hard now for me to drive into the city. So... Um, here's the deal. Comedians that want to get on the show, I'm literally going to say... Get your car, come up into the country, you know, I'll buy you lunch, I'll give you a drink, whatever you want, but let's do this shit from my office, so that's what I'm looking to do. So whoever gets in their car and comes up here will be on it, and I'm literally telling them that. I'm not taking the equipment anywhere anymore, I like doing it from here, I'm going to be doing it from here, and uh, my friends that want to get in the car and come up here, they are more than welcome to. So... 
that's that. If you have any guests that you would like me to have on the show, if there's any comedians that you know of that you say, hey, man, if you talk to that guy, I would love it, uh, let me know, and I will try to uh, try to get that done for you, okay? So you could let me know either on Butterfly or just, um, you know, get me on Facebook, message me, whatever you want, but I want... Uh, I want to do that, so uh, we'll we'll get that going too. All right, everybody, thank you, and until uh, next time, which will be episode 127, this has been the Verzi Effect. I am Paul Verzi. You guys are the shit. I will talk to you guys soon.